Hi, and welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, December 17th, 2019. I am Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. I'm on my own today, as we told you I would be yesterday, since Ashley is in the ATL and James is MIA, leaving me here alone, high and dry. It's no hard feelings. I'm not hurt. Um, but if you want to make me feel a little better, head over to patreon.com slash Radio where you can pledge your support to keep Broadway radio up and running through 2020 and beyond. Speaking of things that will be happening in 2020 and for the people who have put money behind it, hopefully beyond that as well, we are going to take a look first on today's show at the reviews for the new out-of-town tryout of the musical adaptation of the hit film Mrs. Doubtfire. This show, which opened up over the weekend, has been extended at Seattle's Fifth Avenue Theater through January 4th before it comes to the Broadway in the spring. The show, of course, features a book by Carrie Kirkpatrick and John O'Farrell and music and lyrics by Carrie Kirkpatrick and his brother Wayne Kirkpatrick, the team behind Something Rotten. The show is directed by Jerry Zaks and is choreographed by Lauren Lataro and features the great Rob McClure in the role made iconic by Robin Williams. Let's head over to the reviews, and we won't do too many of them. The first one comes from Dusty Summers for the Seattle Times, who writes, quote, David Corrins's scenic design featuring sitcom slick apartments and charming cutouts of the San Francisco skyline and Victorian row houses is a glossy dopamine trigger. Same goes for the tap-perfect choreography by Lauren Lataro. These are adequate distractions from a score by Wayne Kirkpatrick and Carrie Kirkpatrick that doesn't have much of an identity. McClure follows the model William set out in his portrayal, but it's a rare talent who can mug and preen and do silly voices and not grow unbearable. Like Williams, McClure can do all that with a seemingly effortless physicality to boot. So praise for the set and the leading man, not so much for the score. Jay Irwin from The Broadway World uh, wrote, quote, So even with the drawbacks of some of the lesser characters and songs, which there's still time to fix before Broadway, the show is a rollicking, laugh-out-loud good time, largely due to the genius that is Rob McClure. With a few rewrites, I'm sure Broadway will give a big, glowing hello to Mrs. Doubtfire. With all due respect to both of these critics, including Jay, who is a Broadway World colleague of mine, these aren't the, the reviews you want to have out of town. Generally, the out-of-town reviews tend to be more effusive than they will be on Broadway. So if they are talking about issues with the score and maybe some of the characters not being fully developed, I can only imagine that the New York critics will be even more likely to point those out. However, the one thing that does seem to be consistent and something that I think we all could have assumed as soon as this casting was announced is that Rob McClure is a star and very well could follow Santino Fon Montana in winning a Tony by playing a man in a dress. Okay, let's move on to last week's Broadway grosses. The last frame was another bit of a dip as the tourists leveled out before Christmas and New Year's. The total grosses dropped 8%, or $3,370,000, despite attendance being up about 3,500 audience members. That means that the premium tickets that had been selling the week before likely weren't, so we were back to normal or even discounted prices. In total, Broadway brought in $38,317,632 last week, and while the total number of shows on The Great White Way stayed the same at 35, we replaced a full week of The Rose Tattoo, which closed two Sundays ago, with the first week of two shows for Harry Connick Jr.'s Cole Porter show. BT Dubs, it did a very impressive 441k on just that pair of performances. 
In total, 10 shows saw week-to-week -week gains from Tootsie picking up nearly 218,000 to Slave Play increasing by about 7,500. The biggest decline came at Beetlejuice, which dropped more than $513,000 and yet still grossed more than 1 million bucks. It has been a crazy few weeks for the ghouls over at the Winter Garden. Frozen, Cursed Child, Phantom, Hamilton, Dear Evan Hansen, Wicked, The Lion King, Aladdin, and Hadestown all fell by more than 200k as the families and tourists cycled out of the city, but it didn't hurt any of them too, too much as they were all still above 1 million bucks. Despite its $319,000 decline, Hamilton was still the cock of the walk, bringing in 3,060,685 buckaroos. Moulin Rouge and Lion King were both north of 2 million, while To Kill a Mockingbird, Wicked, Ain't Too Proud, Tina, Aladdin, Hadestown, The Book of Mormon, Frozen, Tootsie, Beetlejuice, Come From Away, Harry Potter, Mean Girls, Dear Hansen, and American Utopia, in six performances, were all in seven figures. Jagged Little Pill, which opened last week so it had the requisite number of comps, uh, was just $1,525 short of $1 million, so you would imagine that that will pick up now that the critics and uh, friends and family have seen the show. On the other side, The Lightning Thief was bringing up the rear at just over 288 I'm hoping for them this last month or so, or three, four weeks, uh, helps them get at least somewhat closer to not losing everything. All right, let's go back to another out-of-town tryout that got some reviews coming in. This one is the Lyric Opera of Chicago's, I guess it's a tour stop, I guess, maybe, of The Light in the Piazza, starring Renee Fleming. This, of course, had a somewhat same production in Los Angeles, but in the role of Clara instead of Dove Cameron, we have Soleil Pfeiffer, who we will be talking about again here in a little bit. First up, Chris Jones from the Chicago Tribune said, quote, If you know Victoria Clark's Tony Award-winning performance as Margaret, you'll find Fleming quite different. Clark's Margaret was more dominant in the narrative, more focused on worrying about Clara. Fleming takes a different tact, forging a more insecure character whose natural inclination is to set her daughter free and yet who fears that both generations of women are lost in the midst of confusion. Fleming is, of course, also a very different kind of singer, and her presence also emphasizes the intentional clash of styles in Gettle's work between the vocal conventions of one wartime generation and the jazzier experimentation of their children enjoying the dividends of a new post-war freedom. Jones continues, There are other fascinating adjustments. Rob Houchin is a tenor, not the expected baritone, and his performance matches that of Pfeiffer in a very sweet and lovely way. It's crucial in a musical romance that you pull for this naive couple, and indeed you most certainly do. Pfeiffer, a free-voiced soprano, has much of Audrey Hepburn's retro sense of glamour, and this interpretation of Clara also is quite different. Quickly, let's look at Kyle McMillan from the Chicago Sun-Times, who wrote, quote, As would be expected, Fleming handles her singing with a plum, especially Margaret's final defiant solo, Fable. But more impressive is her first-rate acting and magnetic stage presence, as she brings a sense of authenticity and poignant vulnerability to this role to which she so clearly feels an affinity. I would hope so, because not only is this show going to be running uh, in Chicago through the 29th, but she is then apparently going to be taking it on the road in 2020 and 2021. And I still find it very odd that she is going to be doing that and there's no New York run planned. But I would not be surprised if that gets announced at some point. 
All right, next up, I have a whole host of recommendations for you. The first is a new music video released by Hades Town, which features uh, Eva Noblezada and Reeve Carney doing the song All I've Ever Known. It's really lovely. It's, it's pictures of them from different performances that they've done outside of the theater and also them looking very lovely together, if I do say so myself, uh, out in the real world uh, at delis and on the street. It's a it's a really nice uh, thing if you've forgotten how wonderful that score is if you haven't heard it or seen it in a while. The next one comes from the public radio show, which we've talked about here before, live from here with Chris Thiel. Uh, this is the replacement of A Prairie Home Companion, and this features Isaac Powell, who's currently playing Tony on Broadway and West Side Story, singing Something's Coming. Now, I think we've been fairly vocal about our feelings about this production, both in terms of its casting and its changes. But I hesitate to throw out this entire show from a news perspective. You are welcome to decide not to go on your own, which I very well might do. But from a news perspective, I want to make sure that I'm at least giving attention to the show and its stars, who I've heard are just giving remarkable performances, including Isaac. So check out his performance of Something's Coming. And you'll notice, I don't think they're real, but Isaac's got some new tats on some very inconspicuous uh, places on his body. So uh, I'm assuming that that fits into Ivo Van Hova's modern narrative. Then we have a video that is also a song from West Side Story, but it is not from a member of the current Broadway company, although... As far as I'm concerned, she could still play Maria if she wanted to. And that is the fact that the great Otter McDonald sang the song somewhere uh, at the Kennedy Center Honors that aired over the weekend uh, in honor of conductor and composer Michael Tilson Thomas. Check that out. Audra singing Bernstein. What, what more do you want? Uh, now we have another song. This one comes from the motion picture soundtrack of Cats. And it is Jennifer Hudson singing Memory. Um... It's a very straightforward, reverential, Broadway-ish type of performance. It's not like uh, what we saw from uh, Tom Hooper's last big screen musical, Les Miserables, where everybody cried through everything. It's actually a very lovely uh, performance of a great song. And finally, the last recommendation I have for you is a new article in Vulture from their new critic, Helen Shaw. And she looks back at the 2010s uh, from a theater perspective at its two biggest hits, The Book of Mormon and Hamilton. For the article, she went back and saw both of those shows on Broadway again. And she notes that for many reasons, both of these shows um, have changed. And, and even if the shows themselves haven't changed, how we view them and how we think about them uh, definitely has from the fairly obvious racism uh, in the Book of Mormon that we kind of overlooked back when it was originally on Broadway in 2011 to the fact that it is very hard for Hamilton to live up to expectations when we know the cast album so well and the people who are in the show now aren't on the cast album. So it's a really fantastic article. She goes into a lot of depth about both of these shows beyond that, of course. But Helen Shaw is certainly keeping the mantle very, very high for theater criticism at Vulture, so I highly recommend it. Okay, let's wrap up the show today with a little bit of show and casting news. And both of these bits will have a Skylar sister twinge to them. First up is news about the last Eliza Hamilton that I saw, Shoba Narayan. After I saw her on the Angelica tour almost 11 months ago, she has joined the Broadway production of Wicked as the new Nessa Rose, replacing Giselle Jimenez, who has left Wicked to star in the new show Bliss at Seattle's Fifth Avenue Theater. Narayan's run as the Wicked Witch of the East, spoiler alert, began last night. 
Then we also heard that at Washington, D.C.'s Signature Theater, the two actresses who launched the Philip National Tour of Hamilton as Eliza and Angelica, respectively, Soleil Pfeiffer, told you we'd hear from her again, and Emmy Raver-Lampman, would lead the world premiere of the new musical Gun and Powder, beginning on January 28th. The show features a book and lyrics by Angelica Sherry and music by Ross Baum and will be directed by Robert O'Hara, who is currently represented on Broadway with Slave Play. The show is scheduled to run through February 23rd, and also in the company will be another Hamilton Broadway, like Raver Lampman was as well, and tour alum Donald Weber Jr. Gun and Powder is inspired by the true story of Mary and Martha Clark, African-American twins who passed themselves off as white to help settle their mother's sharecropper debt and seize the funds by any means necessary. However, their bond of sisterhood is tested when they fall in love with two very different men. This sounds great. I, I think that... Uh, as I've talked about with Soleil going from Evita to Light in the Piazza to this, she's a star on the rise. Um, and Amy Raver Lampman is fantastic. Also had a nice little turn in the final season of Jane the Virgin. Um, and Robert O'Hara is not only a great playwright, but a fantastic director. So I'm super excited to see what this is like. And I would not be surprised if it goes well that this ends up in New York, too. All right, that's all we've got for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt. You can find all of Broadway Radio at Patreon.com slash Broadway Radio, BroadwayRadio.com slash Patreon. Thanks so much for giving us a listen. I believe James and I will be back to talk to you tomorrow. Have a great Tuesday, and we'll talk to you then. <laughs>